0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Next to the air we breathe, water is the primary element in God's creation. Without fresh water, your body cannot be sustained. Water comes in all shapes and sizes, depending on its use and temperature. When water is frozen, it is solid. We put ice in many beverages, and snow falls quite frequently here in North Dakota. When water is above freezing, it is a liquid. We drink it, shower with it, bathe with it, wash our clothes and dishes with it, and occasionally go water skiing. Finally, when water is heated, it becomes a gas. Water is everywhere in our lives. Water is also powerful and destructive. At creation, God separated the waters above from the waters below to make land before he made Adam and Eve. Later, God told Noah that he would flood the entire earth until the highest mountain was 20 feet below the surface of the water. God destroyed all who were outside of the ark because of the wickedness of man. But he made a covenant of promise to save Noah and his family. After Moses and all the people of Israel crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, God delivered a deadly blow to Egypt's army. The walls of the Red Sea literally slammed shut, crushing and drowning The entire Egyptian army. Water circulates often in scripture in large and small ways. Sometimes there's flooding, washing, watering, healing, refreshing, cleansing, and reshaping. Under Joshua, God led Israel into the promised land when he parted the Jordan River. Then in the days of the kings... Elisha healed Naaman, a Syrian army commander from leprosy, by asking him to dip and wash in the Jordan River seven times. When Israel was thirsty, Moses sweetened the bitter waters of Myra and made water flow from a rock. Another example is in Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, where we read, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Here the righteous are connected to the living water of the Word of God. And so, like a tree planted by streams of water, they are fruitful and prosperous. A person filled with God's Word is not to be anxious, so the psychological frailties of our culture should not trouble them. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 31. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God always refreshes His people as the psalmist prays in Psalm 42. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Isaiah even invited God's people to be refreshed in the 55th chapter of Isaiah beginning at verse 1. Come everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters. Come by wine and milk without money and without price. In the New Testament, Jesus, your Savior and Helper, launched His ministry in water at His baptism. Just as Israel had crossed the Jordan long ago under the hand of their helper and savior Joshua to enter the promised land, so Jesus enters the Jordan to be baptized and give you the promised land of heaven. Even though Naaman, the Gentile leader, balked at Elisha's word for healing, he eventually dipped himself into that same cleansing Jordan River seven times. And he saw his leprosy evaporate away dear friends jesus still washes all your sins away today in the waters of your baptism and he gives you the promised land of heaven although jesus had no sin he immersed himself in sin to fulfill in human flesh all that israel and us never could it is no accident that water is splashed everywhere in jesus ministry Remember his first miracle in John chapter 2? Jesus turned water into wine to refresh the wedding guests. Then Jesus lovingly encourages Nicodemus to be born of water and the Spirit in John chapter 3. And to the disciples' utter astonishment, Jesus also offers living water to a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well in John chapter 4. When Jesus sees the lame, he heals a paralyzed man who'd been waiting for 38 years in the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5. Jesus, remembering how God gave the Israelites water in the wilderness, says to the crowd at the Feast of the Tabernacle in John chapter 7, verse 37, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Jesus also walks on water in Matthew chapter 14. He washes His disciples' feet in John chapter 13. And finally, Jesus allows water and blood to pour forth from His side as He hangs on the cross in John chapter 19, verse 34. Is all this water simply coincidental? Of course not. It is reasonable and rhythmic. Water is woven throughout the Bible, pointing you to Jesus, even though not every passage is directly a baptism. As St. Paul so wonderfully concludes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Even St. Peter states that just as God saved Noah and his family by water, so your baptism now saves you too. Dear friends in Christ, your Heavenly Father reshapes and rewashes you every day with baptismal water, like a piece of moistened clay. He is conforming you into the image of His Son. Before the Scriptures were fully recorded for all God's people to see and read, the early church fathers used physical water to teach the Bible, baptism, and faith in Christ. Our Lord and Savior Jesus, He is your vine who grafted you onto Himself and His church by water and the Word. In Him you live, Move and have your being, as it says in Acts chapter 17, verse 28. Just as your mother's womb so beautifully protected you in the water when God knitted you together in your mother's womb, as David wrote about in Psalm 139. The Holy Spirit protects you in the womb of your new mother, the Holy Church. If you were to ask a potter how he makes a beautiful pottery vase, he would tell you that it is the water that makes clay moldable before it is fired in the oven. Similarly, your potter, the Heavenly Father, works in you by the power of the Holy Spirit each day to reshape you into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Your old Adam is drowned that a new you is reshaped and formed. This is why Luther said in the fourth part of baptism in the small catechism, the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and rise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Just as the Holy Spirit hovered over all the waters of creation to bring life, so He fills you with new life. In Jesus, now and every day. This is what Lent is all about. Drowning the old you so that the new you joyfully arises. During Lent, the church is dark and full of purple, reminding us of Christ's passion, His death in the tomb. But we will not stay here. We will rise anew as our Lord burst from the tomb that Easter morning. So that does beg a question. What in you needs to be drowned today? Is it something that affects your marriage, family, or relationships? Are you more like moldable clay to be reshaped and formed by water? Or are you like hardened pottery that needs to be crushed? Jesus Christ was crucified for all of it. Your sin was nailed on his cross. His blood was shed for you and he was buried with your sins too. Jesus Christ, your vine, your rock, your shepherd, died so that you live in sin no longer. Go now, washed anew today, forgiven of all your sins. Fix your eyes on Jesus and be refreshed by the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.